First two years, he played um, excellent defense. This year, he's not playing any defense at all. And I'm shocked that the Pistons are listening to offers. But however, one trade that I would try to get for Sadiq Bey is James Wiseman and Jonathan Kaminga for Sadiq Bey. Because Sadiq Bey would 
help Golden State. And he's the type of player that they're looking for, in a way. Because they don't like big men. They, that's obvious. Okay? They like small ball. I mean, the Warriors are interested, you know, we'll get to that in a minute, right? But I'd love to have Wiseman and Kaminga on the Pistons. They would immediately start. And they'd be able to get their shit off on this team versus a Golden State team that's delegated them to bench roles and even as crazy as it sounds, the G League. But if it were me in this position, I would not answer phone calls about Sadiq Bay unless it's involving maybe a first-round pick or two first-round picks or Kaminga and Wiseman. So, competing executives are saying that the Golden State Warriors are allegedly coveting additional size in a player like Jakob Pertl or Miles Turner. Now, Jakob Pertl would be perfect for Golden State. They need a guy that can rebound. And the Achilles heel of the Golden State Warriors right now is nobody can rebound. And they feel like Wiseman's development hasn't come along quick enough. Jakob Pertl is a quality pro that would start on any team. He'd be the starting center. I mean, Miles Turner would take the Warriors to the next level. The Warriors would be right back into that driver's seat. But you was just saying on one of the shows before that Miles Turner wouldn't help the Lakers because he's a loser. Excuse me. But um, here's the difference between Miles Turner going to the Lakers instead of the Pacers. The Lakers are coming off of a 33 and 49 season. The Golden State Warriors are the defending champions that are lacking size. Miles Turner would definitely be a defensive stopper. He's not a very great rebounder, but Miles Turner can stretch it out to the three, and that's the type of guys that Golden State likes. You know, Turner can hit threes. He's not very good as far as his post-offense, but his post-defense and his upside being, you know, 7-2 does help, and he can run. Sort of like JaVale McGee with a three-pointer. Oh, the lo- oh, man, LeBron James, man. So LeBron James is willing to do anything to block the Clippers from coveting Miles Turner. Now, the Clippers do have interest, but it doesn't seem like anything is really going on to where it would actually happen. But if it does happen, LeBron's going to do anything in his power to not get that man on the team, on the Clippers. You mean anything, LeBron? I mean, anything? (laughs) Ah, shit. Patrick Beverly got suspended three games 
for pushing DeAndre Ayton. Pushing. Question. Deon- did DeAndre Ayton hurt himself when he fell when Pat Bev pushed him? Why did Pat Beverly push DeAndre Ayton in the first place? He pushed him because he was defending his teammate. Because DeAndre Ayton, I mean, Booker fouled Reeves. And DeAndre Ayton just stood over him and looked down at him. And Pat Bev um, intervened. Did Patrick Beverly incite a malice at the palace? Did Pat Beverly, I mean, even Isaiah Stewart, who went ape shit trying to get to the league's most prized possession named Baby Boo LeBron James, only got one game. A one-game suspension. Which is wild. But three games for a push? Didn't punch him. Didn't sock him. Didn't do anything dirty. The NBA is soft. The NBA is weak. And it's all because of Adam LGBT Silver. Yes, I said it. Yes, I called it out. And I don't give a fuck. Adam Silver has made a game that used to be full of gladiators a bunch of princesses. Now, yes, I do like the scoring. The scoring is entertaining. But I would like to see some fucking defense. And I feel like they have softened up all of the NBA rules. You got flagrant ones that are really hard fouls. And clearly the viewership of the NBA has gone down. I feel like Adam Silver is the worst commissioner in sports. He just is. I just don't like him. It's just something about him. And he's supposed to be David Stern's understudy. And he is half-assing the product. So, the NBA is just soft. Because you have a soft commissioner. Most of this shit, David Stern would never allow some of this shit to go on. Like all these players jumping from team to team and all this and teaming up and all that. Even though the league right now has parity, I can understand that. But something that, you know, that LeBron to Miami and that Katie to the Golden State shit would never happen if David Stern was still the commissioner. They, I mean, I didn't like Stern when he made those brothers change their dress code. But I understood where he was coming from because these niggas was sagging their pants. Tough. And they were going a bit too far. They wanted to test the limits of the NBA dress code. But 
he wasn't no bitch ass nigga like Adam Silver is. Sorry. But it is what it is. It starts at the top. And I feel like these players, they can't play 82 games. They're not mentally ready to play 82 games. you're supposed to do, right? Shaq says. He's supposed to be have he's supposed to have 30 points playing against dudes 5A. Howard said re, uh, responded by saying, "I never in my life came at you about your basketball career, your family, your kids or anything of the sort because there's no need to. The the too, the world is too big to hate on another man. Have I joked about have I mimicked your voice?" If I mimic what I see on TV, everybody do that. Comedians do that. People do that all the time, and I do it all the time. I do that to everybody. But I do not hate on people. Yeah, I just feel like Shaq is still holding on to the fact that Dwight Howard took the Superman moniker. He took it, and... You just refuse to pass the baton to Dwight. Man, I heard the Los Angeles Clippers had interest in Clint Capella. Oh, oh my God. If the Clippers could get Kawhi and Paul George healthy for a whole season and they bring in the likes of Clint Capella, that Clippers team could be a top three team in the West. They wouldn't beat the Warriors, but it would take seven games 
for the Warriors to beat them if they add Clint Capella. Clint Capella, I mean, obviously they would have to trade Zubac to the Hawks. No doubt. They would have to trade Zub. And maybe take in one of Atlanta's young players or whatever the case may be. Or maybe throw in a first round pick. I mean, Zubac's having a decent year. Don't get me wrong. But Capella is slightly a little... I mean, I don't know. That's a hard one. Because I feel like they both are on the same level. But I feel like Capella, from a shot blocker standpoint... I know Zubac leads the league in blocks. But some games, Zubac be taken off. Capella... You know, is not getting the same opportunities that he was getting because Collins is there, Hunter's there, DeJounte Murray's there, and he's a good oop threat for uh, Kawhi and PG. So I don't know, like I said, uh, them acquiring Capella would require them to probably trade Zubac. But can you imagine if they kept both centers and Zubac be a backup? I'm sure that he wouldn't want to be a backup. But then you got two shot-blocking centers. Zubac got game. And, you know, he could add a lot to that Atlanta team. But I think that the Hawks might not even want Zubak in return because they like Onyeka Okungwu. I keep hearing from the streets that Double Low, man, he is um balling out of control. All right, let's get the Flamers five before I get the fuck up out of here. Meek Millie. Oh, yeah. Before we get the Flamers five, right, I forgot about this shit. by the industry with no Vaseline. The million dollar question is though, where, the who the fuck has Meek Mill's money? I mean, he was signed to uh, what? Warner Brothers? In Maybach? Did Ross steal this man's money? Because Ross claims to have taken care of Meek Mill. Meek Mill says that Hove has done more than Rick Ross. Which is true. Because Jay-Z campaigned for him to get out of jail. Jay-Z got Meek Mill into the rooms with a whole bunch of billionaires. And now Meek Mill has businesses because of that. But I'm going to read some tweets that Meek Mill put out. Because of the fact that, um, you know, Meek has um, been fucked by the industry. And this is why he didn't drop Flamers 5 as a commercial mixtape. Because of the fact that, um, um, anyway, 
I let those albums go once I seen I was getting 13 cents to every dollar. Once I really figured out I ain't promoting no label shit I don't eat off of. My money is coming from my name and my brand. Because he was responding to a question that says, when are you dropping expensive pain deluxe? any label now I got a real point to prove to show you can survive without getting wrapped so he's basically giving game about how fucked up and foul the industry really is 11 million in 10 years that's fucked up a lot of people are gonna are, are gonna look at this situation and say oh man he should be lucky he's getting any money he should be humble no the fuck he shouldn't he should be upset about that He's got platinum singles, platinum albums. He's been out for 10 years. He's put out, what, six albums? And he's only made $11 million? Mm-hmm. By Mr. Shitpacker. One day I asked how much Going Bad made. Just that song. They said it made $24 million. I was like, how much did I make? All I got was, uh, I'm like, what the fuck? I know all the financials to my other businesses. I signed out and lost all trust for that whole system. How the fuck do I not know how much I made off a song that made that much? They gave me a plaque. So they... They, they, so Meek Mill is saying that he ain't get paid for going bad. And that's his biggest song that Drake did for free. Obviously, you know why he did it for free. That nigga almost ended that man's career. So he owed him one. So allegedly, Flamers 5. Let's move on to Flamers 5, though. I'm ready to get the fuck on. Had a long day. Ready to go in the house. Win me some money. Alright, intro, Flamers 5. Man. Man. I was like, oh shit. I thought I was going to get into the gauntlet because, listen here. Meek Mill has dropped four other Flamers projects. Number one. Number two, 
Meek Mill has dropped the Dream Chasers mixtapes, which made him a staple in this hip-hop game. Dream Chasers 1 through 3 are classics. Dream Chasers 4, not so much. And uh, Dream Chasers 5 never manifested. I was hoping that this, whatever he was coming out with, was going to be Dream Chasers 5, but he went with Flamers 5. But the intro was fire. I was like, oh, this sounds like old Meek Mill. God did freestyle. Not particularly too bad. I'm not mad at this. Big Stunner, though, trash. I did not like the Big Stunner freestyle. I did not like that freestyle. No. You don't touch Big Stunner. I know that you were paying homage to take off, but much respect to you for doing so. But that's not it. Super Gremlin, I did not like this shit. Sorry, I didn't like the Super Gremlin freestyle. Living Wild off the Gunner joint, not too bad. The last, last freestyle feature in Tafia, that was decent. That was okay. Tomorrow, did not like it. I didn't like the Young Row feature. I didn't like his verse. I just didn't. I, I hated this shit. Forever featuring Friday and Vori. I like that shit. How, you know, he was going off the uh, Friday song, Forever. I, I, I like this shit. Wait for you. I didn't care too much for this. Much was trash. The original song is trash. So what what does Meek think he's doing? He thinks he's, he, he, he could just do it better because the original song is trash. I mean, he probably likes the song or whatever, but I hate this version of Munch, and I hate Ice Spice's version of Munch even more. In a minute, you see, when Meek Mill does this type of beat, he fits well. In a minute was fire. I like that. Misogyny remix with Future. I enjoyed that. Canon 2022, you should have never rapped off that beat. No, me. No, me. That's not you. That's not it. That's not it. Nah, dog. That shit was whack. That shit was whack. Early mornings, that was cool. It was just cool. Don't give up on me featuring Friday. Fire. All in all, Flamers 5 has some hits, has some misses. It doesn't make it a very cohesive project because of the particular uh, beat choices. I feel like he could have dropped some original music more so than going off of other people's beats, but I get the whole concept. Some of these songs were really good. I say half trash, half amazing. That's what I'm going to go with. I say half trash, half amazing. Because Meat Mill on some of these songs did sound like the old Meat Mill. Like songs like Intro, God Did, um, For 
forever in a minute massaging me in early mornings and don't give up on me. If he would have cut those tracks that I didn't name and did, uh, I don't know, six uh, original songs, I think this project would have been way better. But that's my show. Um, this is King Known Uncensored. New Music Fridays, kinda. And I'm out this bitch.